This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Why does making friends as an adult feel so what hard? What should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a form But that Why hookup was not good. What so do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Welcome back to the Evergirl Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josie Santi, and today's episode is fascinating. You guys are in for a real treat. Today, Elaine and I are sitting down with Elisa Vitti, who is a women's hormone expert, founder of Flow Living, and creator of the Cycle Syncing Method. She is also the author of Woman Code and In the Flow, Unlock Your Hormonal Advantage and Revolutionize Your Life. When we started the podcast, Elisa was the first person who came to mind for me because her work has truly changed my life. I know I say that literally all the time, but my life is genuinely drastically different because of her work. I've struggled with really awful periods since I was 12 and have been on the pill for over 10 years. I've always felt like my period was an inconvenience at best, but most of my life I felt at war with my body. Reading Elisa's books have helped me to make the decision to transition off of birth control, something I never thought I'd be able to do, heal symptoms I've been struggling with since I was a preteen, and realize that my menstrual cycle is a power to tap into, not an inconvenience. I've interviewed her for many articles on theevergirl.com because I think everyone should know about the cycle syncing method and the science she talks about that's not really discussed anywhere else. I've been told all my life that painful periods are just something I have to deal with, not a way that my body is communicating with me that something is up that needs to be healed. So, oh my God, you guys, I had so many questions for Lisa we didn't even get to, but we cover so much in this episode from understanding hormones to what to eat and how to exercise during each phase of your cycle to get more energy, lose weight, diminish period symptoms, and feel your best. We even talk about how to optimize your lifestyle and cycle to have a better sex, sleep, and productivity at work. I'd go so far as to say every person with a reproductive cycle needs to listen to this, so share it with your friends, your work wife, your sister. On that note, please welcome Elisa Vitti to the Every Girl Podcast. Just a brief disclaimer before we get into the episode. The goal of our wellness content is to inspire you to become your healthiest self in whatever way that looks like to you. We believe that every body is different and we encourage you to be an advocate for your own health. Please consult a doctor or medical professional about your health goals and concerns and never disregard a professional medical advice because of something you hear in an episode. Before we dive into the interview with Elisa, we are going to be randomly selecting reviews each week through the end of September to win a $100 Amazon gift card 
So you can stock up on designer dupe sweaters or necessities like Nespresso pods and non-toxic toothpaste, or at least that's what I would use it for. This week's winner is EJYC, who said, amazing. I just listened to the latest episode on fall trends. I found it very interesting, and I enjoyed hearing about the upcoming trends for fall. Can't wait to hear more. If that was your review, DM us a screenshot at the Evergirl podcast to collect your Amazon gift card, and we are so glad you enjoyed last week's episode. For everyone else, don't forget to leave a review to let us know what you liked about this episode or how you're loving the podcast for a chance to win this week. Now let's get into all things hormones. And first of all, Elisa, I have to thank you from a very selfish place because I've always had really bad period issues, have had such like a a bad relationship with my body just personally. Um, And when I found your work, both the Woman Code book, started using the MyFlow app, like everything clicked for me. Like I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. I'm sure you hear that from women all the time. So selfishly, I just have to say thank you for changing my body, Aww. helping my hormones function as they as they should, As they're designed to, right? Yeah. As they're designed to. I know we're going to dive into that so much. So first of all, um, could you just start off sharing your personal story? I think so many women see their experience in yours and how your life with PCOS affected your life and really talk about your healing journey because I know it's so amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I was in a situation where my hormones were just not working, you know, and I was having worsening symptoms over the years and I would go to the doctor and I went for about seven years, like knocking on the door. Hello, I have problems. Can you tell me what's going on? And just kept being told, you know, it's normal you know, just go on the pill and there's really, you know, nothing to do about it. And I just felt like when I looked at what was happening with my body compared to what I was seeing my friends sort of developmentally dealing with at those ages and stages, I said something, I'm just not progressing the way that I should, right? So a couple of those things looked like I developed really late. I didn't get my first period until I was almost 16. In fact, it was just maybe a handful of months before my 16th birthday. And then from the age of, so from, so from the age of 12 to 22, when you should be cycling pretty regularly, I didn't start till almost 16. And then I got a total of five bleeds, you know, in entirety, three of which were chemically induced with synthetic progesterone, which were miserable experiences. If anybody's had to go through that. And was told that this was perfectly normal. So that was, didn't make, that didn't line up for me. You know, that made me feel a little suspicious. Like that can't be right. And then my weight just kept going up and up and up and up, you know, and I'm five foot six and, you know, I ended up being over 200 pounds in short order. And it just was, it was so much, you know, you feel carrying that much extra weight. You know, we now know how pro-inflammatory that is, how it actually does increase your your biological age. And I felt old, even though I was young, because I was sort of having all these hormones. And and also when you're with having PCOS, the hormonal patterns are like a menopause state, right? So I felt old because of my hormones and the weight. Then the skin, I had so much acne, so much acne that I had face, chest, and back. It was everywhere. I mean, I would have to sit down. At, first of all, I was too I was too tired to stand up for as long as I needed to do it. So I would I'd like made myself a little card table, <laughs> like a mirror, and I had like a folding chair. And I had to sit down and I used prescriptives under eye concealer all over my acne because it was the only thing thick enough 
compared to regular concealer that would mask the redness. Of course, nothing covers the the bumps. I mean, it just was ridiculous. Right. And, try, you know, just trying to go out and socialize where you're just, you know, that that is visible. It was very disheartening, you know, certainly. You said this was your teenage years? Late teens, early 20s. It was the worst possible, right? And then there was all the emotional stuff, right? Just for those uh, listening, can you expand really quickly what PCOS is? Like what, what that means, what's going on in the body? So PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it really mm-hmm. is where the pituitary gland and the ovaries don't communicate with each other the way that they should. So your FSH levels are in such a way that you're not ovulating. And then without ovulation, you don't have a cycle. So then all your other hormones are off, estrogen, progesterone. There's also a metabolic piece to this disorder. So you can have dysregulated insulin, which further exacerbates the problem. And there's an impact on, you know, and because of the metabolic piece, that is where the weight issues come from. And then there's because of the the way that your insulin, your gut, and your hormones work with each other, this is where we then start getting into mental health issues, which I also experience as far as anxiety and depression and insomnia to the point where it's difficult for me to get up in the morning on at a normal time or any predictable time, function with any regular sort of pattern throughout the day, get to sleep when I wanted to get, I mean, it was, it was a mess, you know, and I really was getting no answers. So when I say that I, you know, really understand the suffering that a hormonally imbalanced woman deals with, I really do. I really get it. I totally was there lived it all. And when I was getting no answers, I just found that it was impossible for me to figure out how to help myself, right? So what does an insomniacal, obese, acneic girl do on a Friday and a Saturday night? Well, she's in the library researching medical journals to figure out what is going on. And that is what I did. <laughs> and That's amazing. I did, I, well, you know, I'm just a practical type, right? So <laughs> I discovered in an obstetrics journal a little uh, reference to Stein-Leventhal disease which was the two guys that decided to name this disorder after themselves, which has now been renamed as PCOS. And um, I read the presentation of symptoms and I, that every I mean, I had, had them all. Yeah. And I said, this is what I have. And I was so excited. You know, who gets excited about finding something wrong? I, mean, I was so excited because I said, it's at least answer. now I, it's an answer. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to my gynecologist the next day without an appointment. I was like, hi, I need you to see me right away without an appointment before your day starts. And she was gracious enough to do it. And we did some testing. And then when I came back to get the results, she said, you're right. You do have this disease, this hormonal disorder, PCOS. I said, fantastic. What do we do now? You know, so thrilled to have something to to grasp. And she then proceeded to describe to me what any woman with PCOS has heard likely at this point, or really any hormonal problem, whether it's endometriosis or fibroids or ovarian cysts, which is like, you know, listen, we don't have a cure, right? You know, there's not much we can do. We can try different medications. Like we can put you on the pill to shut off your hormones. Maybe that'll help. Your symptoms will get worse and then we'll add other medications in. Your obesity will get worse. You'll probably develop diabetes, but we have medication for that. You may not be able to have children, but we have medication for that. You may develop other diseases, but you have medication for that. And so this was sort of the future she laid out for me. And I remember sitting in that chair having a profound life-changing moment and my whole body just very clearly spoke to me and it, it said, quote, that's not your future. So I opened my mouth and she's like, oh, do you want me to write the prescription? I said, 
that's not my future. I just repeated what I said. And she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. But I was also at that time, a student at Johns Hopkins. I said, I'm going to take my very expensively trained mind and I'm going to go figure this out. And if I can figure it out for myself, I'm then going to build a company that helps women everywhere with any hormonal issue, whether it be in your menstrual years, your fertility years, or your early perimenopause journey um, to help you navigate what really are unnecessary symptoms around these hormonal imbalances that from my research that I then did respond best to a functional nutrition approach where you combine the right dietary approach and protocol with therapeutic grade supplementation. And watching my body transform when I figured this all out, and this is now 20 plus years ago, the weight melted off without me doing any of the cuckoo dieting and exercise, the skin cleared up. I mean, I love sharing about my skin because look at my skin. You know, because before I'd be like, don't look at my skin. Now I'm like, look at my skin. And no, for those of you who can't see, her skin is glowing. glowing. It's true. And then, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) And then, you know, being able to have a child and all of those things, like everything you can, you can, you can make sense of your hormonal problems. You can take control of them and you can get them to work for you so that you can be the person you want to be in your life. Because that's the big thing that we don't talk about when we talk about hormonal problems. We just talk about symptoms. You know, we're like, oh, my cramps, oh, my acne, oh, my bloating, oh, my period's funky or whatever. We talk about these little symptoms, but really we're talking Mm -hmm. about, we should be talking about how when your hormones are imbalanced, and you're having those symptoms, your quality of life is affected to a degree that you cannot show up as the person you want to be. I wasn't showing up at all as the person that I am today. I mean, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I was up all night, like miserable, depressed, anxious, couldn't function, couldn't get after the the goals and the dreams and the ambitions I had because I was sort of just chasing my tail every day with all of these hormonal problems. And that's, 80% of women, because 80% of women will have a hormonal imbalance at some point in her life. And let's say you don't have PCOS. Let's say you have fibroids or endometriosis. I mean, we can look at people like Lena Dunham or Padma Lakshmi who have been very public about their endometriosis. I mean, how many premieres did Lena have to miss because of her endo, right? It prevents you from showing up in the way that you want. And it's just not right that we don't have access mm-hmm. to the information and the tools to, listen, things happen. The body is, no, nobody's supposed to be perfect, right? If they, hormones will go out of balance. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but what isn't okay is that you're supposed to just sort of tolerate that, right? We deserve better. We deserve to have the right information and we deserve to have the right tools so that we don't have to all become hormone geeks. We can just have somebody, you know, like just tell me what to do and do it. So that's why I built Flow Living, which is the premier destination for women's hormonal healthcare in a natural way where you don't have to use medication or birth control to solve your issues. And I'm really proud that we've helped, I mean, countless women now around the world for the past 10 years, um, solve their issues or become mothers or, you know, not have hot flashes and night sweats and all the things, right, that you're supposed to feel from 20 to 50, you're supposed to feel good. And I'm just really thrilled that we've been able to bring that to so many people, so many places. 
Yeah. I mean, we are such fans of your books, of your app. Josie's been using it for so long. I recently downloaded it myself. I'm so excited to apply it in my own life. But for everyone listening, just to, we have so many questions from our readers who are all asking for help with these symptoms that that you're describing that so many of us experience every month, every other week, who knows. <laughs> um, but just to, to back it up a little bit, starting at this beginning of what are hormones? I know that's a kind of a crazy no, question. No, it's like, a good question. What exactly are they in our body? How do they work in our body? And what are they impacting besides our periods? And then we'd love to dive Great. into your method and your, your okay. everything you need to teach us. So many things, all the things. I know. So I know. <laughs> hormones are chemical messengers that facilitate a conversation between the glands of the endocrine system. So you have like the pituitary gland in the brain, that's talking to the ovaries and the adrenal glands and the thyroid. And it's, it's helping to keep the levels at the right, in the right zone. Mm-hmm. They also provide sort of like feedback, right? In the sense that let's say you eat, so for example, insulin is a hormone. So let's say you eat too much sugar, right? Well, your body's mm-hmm. going to kick out a ton of insulin to try to force all that sugar to get into cells. If it doesn't get into, you know, if you have too much, then it's going to get stored as fat, right? And then the the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland are listening to this sort of the level of insulin and providing sort of biofeedback, like, okay, we need to make more. Now we need to make a little bit less. And this is why we experience sort of blood sugar uh, spikes and crashes. Same thing with other hormones in the body, adrenaline and cortisol, which are the stress hormones. And similarly with estrogen and progesterone as well. So everything is very responsive. So the hormones talk, prov- facilitate a conversation, but they also talk to each other and compensate around deficiencies with each other or excess. It's a very dynamic situation and it affects everything well beyond your period, right? That's just one of the things that affects your metabolism. It affects um, your stress response. It affects your immune system. It affects your brain function. And in fact, this was sort of the the work that and the research that led me to write my second book, In the Flow, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit later. But there's so much more to how your hormones are affecting you than just what's happening with your period. That being said, What's really exciting is that in 2016, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists decreed that your period should be considered your fifth vital sign. And that's really historic because prior to that, you know, we were still living under the remnants of women are hysterical simply because they have uterus. The word (laughs) hysterical comes from the Greek word hysteros, which is the word for uterus. Right. So that's so our our (laughs) cycles used to kind of just be this like separate thing that made us a little crazy that we kind of had this cultural narrative about that just was totally not based in any scientific facts. And we've all been kind of living as if that were true. But now the new news is that you should take it as seriously as you take an elevated temperature or elevated blood pressure, you should take it very seriously, which is great because then we can start to shift how we relate to ourselves, right? If you get a, if you have a fever, like if you have a fever, right? You've been conditioned from a young age to take that seriously. You go, oh, I'm going to hydrate. I'm going to rest. Maybe I'll stay home. You know, maybe I'll talk, talk to a professional, right? Or if you have <laughs> elevated blood pressure, you would take that really seriously. Now, if you have problems with your cycle, PMS, chronic PMS, cramps, 
heavy bleeding, missing periods, migraines, migraines, anything and everything, right? Any of those symptoms are now grounds for you to say something is wrong. It's real, not imaginary. It's not in my head. I should take it seriously. I should take action. I should seek out help. That's the new good Mm -hmm. news. And every woman should be operating this way because ignoring your hormonal problems today means that they're going to get worse and worse over time and create other problems with fertility, with perimenopause, which you don't want. So if you got period problems, get into action today. So that's sort of a high level of what I think is the most important things that you should know about hormones and how they work and why you should listen and pay attention to them. Yeah, I think that's one of the most like powerful, effective lessons I've heard from you is that period symptoms are not just like, oh, we're cursed, like sucks to be a woman. It's like, what an amazing, powerful tool to understand our bodies in a totally different way. Like it's any even period related symptom or low sex drive or acne or whatever it is, is a little check engine light that our body's like, hello, like let's fix something. So I, I think that that really, for me has been such a game changer. I think that's one of the most important lessons to take away from your work, from just our bodies. Um, so it's, it's so powerful and so amazing. Can you talk a little bit about, um, cause I know you were talking about with hormones, how it also affects like the hormones in the brain. And we got a lot of questions about depression and anxiety and stress and all these things related to, especially like cycles. Like, why do I feel more depressed when I'm on my period? Um, I know you already mentioned how kind of the hormones can be related in that way. Is that why you can get some of these more like mental um, symptoms, stress, anxiety, insomnia, all these things related to your cycle? Well, they're not the cause of those problems, but imbalances in your hormones can have those symptoms be a side effect. So what, what, let me say that a different way. You should not feel like a different person one half of one month to another half. You should not go into sort of like a depressive state of the month or you should not have these symptoms. You likely do, and they're often very common among women because we're not taught how to care properly for our cycle. So let me back up and say this. So when I was, after I had written Woman Code, I thought, great, you know, we're, we now have the, the flow protocol to help you address like whatever symptoms you're having. If you have PCOS or fibroids or endo, there's a five-step protocol that's gonna sort of take you start to finish. And I thought, great, now we're gonna start to see you know, more women on top of these things and we should have less suffering. But then, you know, like a bunch of years went by and the statistics just kept rolling in where we were having still the same levels. And I started to ask myself a different question. The question I asked before I wrote Woman Code was, what is going wrong in the body where we, such that we develop these symptoms and how do we fix it? Right. And so that's the, that's the question that that book answers. Then I, then I started asking myself a question of, well, why are women having these problems in the first place so much more compared to men? Like what is re like be before, beyond just like everybody's got these little symptoms and period problems. Okay. Now we know how to fix that. Great. That's woman Kobo. Now, why, why is it so much worse for women? Like what's causing these hormonal imbalances? Right. Yeah. Like, cause you know, 80% of women will have one, whereas, you know, it's like maybe less than 20% for men will have a hormonal problem. Right. So what, what's wow, the big, no what's the big difference? Where's the, like, let's mine the gap as they say I mean, in the UK. Yeah, checks out <laughs> based the on the women I know. <laughs> yeah. So I dug and dug and I discovered something really 
critical and groundbreaking. And In the Flow is the first book to write about this. And it's called The Infradian Rhythm. You've never heard of it. You need to know about it. When you start your cycle, right, when you begin your cyclical years, the infradian rhythm gets activated in your body and it's only active until your last bleed. So we're talking about three and a half, maybe four decades of your life where this is active, which is, by the way, an enormous chunk of time, okay? So here's the thing. We know the circadian rhythm. We've all heard of the circadian rhythm. It's like super popular in the biohacking world and wear your blue light blocking glasses and have your sleep hygiene. And it is very good for you, okay? Like no question. And every human has a circadian rhythm very important. It doesn't just govern your sleep-wake cycles though. That would be too simplistic of an understanding that we now know about it. It really governs the timing of all the little functions of your body. So for example, it's why your bowel movements are more active in the morning and why your bowels don't wake you up at 3.35 a.m. while you're in a deep sleep, right? Because there's a circadian clock keeping the timing of things nice and organized so everything has a place and a time, like the home that. edit would love the circadian clock because everything has a place <laughs> and a time. Um, very organized. Very yes. organized, very categorized. <laughs> then the infradian clock is unique to menstruating females. And it also is too simplistic to think about the fact that we experience it only in governance of our cycles, right? So the circadian clock we experience over the course of 24 hours the infradian clock we experience over the course of the, the, of the menstrual cycle of one month, but it, it governs our brain, which I'll dive into in a second for you, Josie. It governs our immune response. It governs our stress response. It governs our metabolism. It governs our fertility, our sex drive, our periods, right? It, it's really... Wow. Yeah. And so that's A, really important that we should all know we have this. But B, the other thing that I found was that because women have been left out of medical fitness and nutrition research, absolutely everything that you have been told that is going to be like a wellness trend or a, you know, the right diet or the right work. None of it is based on your biology. None of it is factoring in this infrading rhythm. In mm. fact, everything that you have tried has been disrupting this infradian clock and throwing off all these systems of the body that I just mentioned, your brain, your metabolism, your immune system, your stress response system, et cetera, and your cycle, which is why when we look at the cohort between men and women, why are so many more women suffering versus men? Well, because men have the benefit of being told and having this research done on their biological system and clock, what will optimize their performance, and we don't. And we're, we're borrowing that research, hoping it will apply to us, but that's a very unscientifically inaccurate way to go about things. And we're, th we're throwing all these things into our bodies, like hit workouts every day or a certain caloric level every day. And it's totally messing up the works. And once you disrupt that infradian clock, then everything else starts to fall apart. Now that's the bad news. The good news is, I'm sorry, it was such a, oh my goodness, that I then wrote like a 400 page book about it called In the Flow. And it's the, like I said, it's the first book about the infradian rhythm, but it's not just pointing out this problem. It's also pre presenting a solution. And you may have seen the solution because it's super like hashtag trendy on TikTok and Instagram. It's called the cycle syncing method, which is the method that I created to support your infradian clock. And it has three key pillars, right? You change your diet depending on which phase of the cycle you're mm -hmm. in. You modify your workouts depending on which phase of the cycle you're in. And you change what you're focusing on at work 
to work with the brain, natural brain changes. And when you do this, you get in the flow, right? That peak flow state where you're energized, your your body is or like orienting itself metabolically the way that it's supposed to without force or effort. And then you're just getting more done with less stress, right? And it's really powerful. It's the secret to my success with keeping maintaining a 50 pound weight loss for two decades, for being a working mom and writing books and running a company and like doing all the things and yeah. not being stressed out, right? And it's... So tell us about that. Expand. What what does that mean? These different parts of the cycle and what you're eating when, and I'm sorry, working differently? Working differently too. (laughs) Yeah. So you have these four phases of the cycle, the follicular, ovulatory, luteal, and menstrual or bleeding. Because isn't it confusing that like we can say... I'm on my cycle, which you're on your cycle all the time, right? Every day. Or I'm on, I'm menstruating. Like, okay. So let's just call it the bleeding week because that's what it is. And then you have a menstrual cycle and that's the whole month, right? So, okay, let's just, let's just read. That's a good clarification. Let's take back our vocabulary, you know? Yes. So the follicular and ovulatory phases are, we refer to as the first half of the cycle because that's the beginning, right? The follicular phase is when the little eggs on the ovarian surface are kind of trying to grow. And then one of them reaches full maturity and breaks away during ovulation. And then we move into the luteal phase, which is the second half of the cycle where the lining of the uterus thickens. And, you know, if there is a conception, that whole journey happens. And if not, then hormone levels drop down to their lowest point and that signals the lining to shed. And then we start the bleed phase. So this is what's structurally happening in the body inside the reproductive Mm -hmm. organs with these hormonal changes. But then there's all of these other effects on your metabolism, on resting cortisol levels and on your brain, which I'll explain so that you understand why you need to dynamically modulate what you're eating, how you're working out and what you're working on to take care of this infradian clock. So let's start with metabolism. Well, let's start with the myth about your metabolism. The myth about your metabolism is that from from this research that has excluded us is that, oh, well, women are just smaller versions of men and therefore we need to work out harder and restrict calories more, right? You've heard like, Basically, it sounds like that's kind of like the, if I had to paraphrase all the fitness and nutrition advice you've ever heard, it's, it's so true cardio every day and like try to try to strive for somewhere between 12 and 1400 calories a day based on your BMI. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous because it's not accurate in any galaxy. So here's what happens in the first half of your cycle, follicular and ovulatory phases, your bleed has ended. You put the pads away or the menstrual cup away. Now you're like in your new phase. Your metabolism actually slows down a little bit. So relative to you, yourself, you can and should eat fewer calories, do a little more intermittent fasting. All of this is going to work super well with your metabolic speed such that you are using stored fat as fuel and not overloading your system with sugar molecules that you don't need because your metabolism is a little bit slower, right? So you're going to restrict a little bit more this phase. That's going to rev up your fat burning as fuel, which is a great thing from a, let's say, longevity and health point of view, right? And this is like the first 14 days. Yeah, first 14 days. Yep. 
Then okay. once ovulation has happened and you cross over into the luteal phase, your metabolism speeds up. You need, because it has been documented and studied, 279 more calories per day relative to what your normal caloric intake is, right? So that explains why during your luteal phase, if you like- I'm more hungry. <laughs> you're more hungry because you need more calories to keep your blood sugar stable because- why would we need more calories, ladies? Because we are 3D printing out of the foods that we are eating this uterine lining. Where do you think this comes from? Oh. Thin air? Yeah. No, it comes from you. You have to make it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're making it. Your yeah, body yeah. is working hard to produce this, to manufacture it, and to manufacture something, you need raw ingredients, you need materials, you need calories. So you have to eat more. And if you don't, I mean, you have those days where you're like, why am I, I'm just, like, I know days I'm like just hungrier. And then, and then you I didn't do anything different. I just am hungry. And you and don't, I don't know what's and, going you, on and the problem is that you don't let yourself eat, right? Because you think you're supposed to restrict calories. You're supposed to be good. And then what happens exactly. is like, you come home from work, all of a sudden half a bottle of wine is gone and you're at the bottom of a bag of something, chips, cookies, and you wake up from your like munchy trance and you're like, whoa. Where, how did I eat that whole bag? Just what just happened? Like, was I there for that? You were there for that. And it wasn't you per se. It was your neurotransmitter ghrelin, which took over because when you are in a calorie deficit in the luteal phase and your body needs those calories, it's going to send out the neurotransmitter ghrelin to make you eat, even if you're trying not to. So this is not a game that you can win. This idea that you're supposed to use something called quote unquote willpower is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous because there's only hormones and neurotransmitters, <laughs> right? I did not lose 50 pounds with willpower. And by the way, I gained 50 pounds during my pregnancy and also lost that too without willpower or restriction because I understood my hormones and my neurotransmitters and I worked with them. And then your body does what it's supposed to do, which is to naturally balance your weight, for example, or other things, your skin, your mood. Wow. That's what it's supposed to do. But if you don't give it the right raw materials, it can't do that for you. And it will present you with symptoms until you pay attention, right? So yes. I assume there are foods that are better for this at this time. Like, as you said, what is thickening the uterine wall, the foods we're eating? What? Tell us about that. So in chapter four of In the Flow, there's like the famous food chart that everybody loves. And I love I loved seeing how people use this. Like there's a couple on Instagram where yeah. the husband like has the food chart on the fridge and he like, he's like an amateur chef. And so he like makes his wife all the foods for the right phases. It's so, yeah, I'm like that's goals. relationship goals. <laughs> that is so good, right? No, my boyfriend will be listening. <laughs> Write it down. And so I will be printing this out after this. Yes. Keep it on the fridge. But of course, the MyFlow app like puts all this in, in front of you. And so does the cycle okay. cyclethinkingmembership.com also gives you grocery lists and recipes and it makes it goof proof for you. But the idea is that in the first half of the cycle, you would want to eat, let's say, lighter foods, more raw foods, uh, things that are rich in the glutathione and selenium and vitamin C that are really going to help your liver break down all that peak estrogen that's taking place during ovulation. In the luteal phase, we do have a rise in estrogen, but we also need to be making lots and lots of progesterone, which if you're having any PMS, it means you're not making enough progesterone, which is a bad thing. And so we want to be eating cooked 
grains, cooked leafy greens, legumes, things that are like super slow burning, high, high fiber for two reasons. One, it's going to keep our blood sugar stable, but two, who are my girls that get a little constipated before their bleed? Everybody say, say I. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's all over the place. So that's because progesterone slows down the transit time in the gut, making it harder for you to go to the bathroom. But if you proactively eat these high fiber foods, you are not going to miss a bowel movement, I promise. And so this just keeps everything moving and grooving, which is important because you want to package up all the estrogen that you are making as well and get that out of the body in addition to keeping the bowels moving, right? So it is. it does matter which foods you're eating and the chart lays it all out for you in the book. So that's the food piece. You got to change the types of foods you're eating and the amount of calories you're eating to match which phase of the cycle you're in. Ah. Yes, Elena. I have a question. Again, selfish question, personal problem. Um, So I suffer from migraines. I've noticed they happen around my cycle. Sometimes it's before, sometimes it's during, sometimes it's after. So it's a fun guessing game like that. Mm. I've read that it's the estrogen estrogen drop-off, whether that's accurate or not. So what should I be doing at that time? But as you're saying, that luteal phase is crucial to maybe not build it up so high and keep it getting out of my system. Yeah. So, I mean, when we're dealing with cyclical migraines, you know, and the Flow Living blog has so many great articles and resources for people who are specifically looking for different symptoms. I know I need to dive in. You need to dive in. But at the same time, you know, what you want, it's a sort of a multifaceted approach, right? So first and foremost, I always say whenever we're having anything going on, the best thing place to start is to get some basic micronutrient levels in your system because any symptom is indicative of micronutrient depletion. So this I've seen in two decades of practice now, 20 years of working with women. And so it was so the same, every type of problem, every woman that I formulated my own set of micronutrients so that we could just address these missing things. And so that's the balanced Mm -hmm. supplements that we have at Flow Living. But these are sort of your key and very therapeutically dosed B vitamins. You need omega-3 fatty acids. You need to get your gut organized with good probiotics because of the way the gut and the brain talk to each other. Uh, Magnesium, the right form, and some support for your liver. These are just non-negotiable that you need every single day. Then in addition, because we have different needs at different phases of the cycle, I also formulated a second kit called the Cycle Sinking Supplement Kit where you are taking a particular supplement, and there's no overlap between the two kits, you, they're meant to be taken together, where you take a particular micronutrient formulation for each phase of the cycle to support with what's happening um, so that you're helping to flush estrogen in the ovulatory phase because that can be mm-hmm. a trigger, right? Ovulation is the biggest spike of estrogen. And when that drops off, right, you can start to have the set stage being set for your migraine to start taking place. But then you also have the luteal phase surge where you, if you're not making enough progesterone to offset that estrogen, that can be a cause. Or it can be at the, mm-hmm. at the tail end when all the hormone levels drop off right before your bleed or during your bleed, that that can be a trigger. So it's really about right. using all the tools, the supplements, the food to start evening this out for yourself so that you're not really falling off these cliffs the way that you are currently. Right. So I mean that's what it feels like. Yeah, and there and and there is no one magic 
like take this mm-hmm. vitamin six magnesium. Everyone's like magnesium. No, you it, magnesium. it's not. It's not that. It's not that. Um, it's it's you really have to kind of surround yourself with support, replenish your micronutrients, change you know start cycle syncing your food. But let's also talk about workouts too, because what you're doing with your workouts could yes. just be triggering. That could be alone just a trigger for your migraines or or your PMS symptoms in general. So your metabolism we just talked about, and that's why we, we changed the food, but let's talk about your resting cortisol patterns. This is why we want to change your, our workouts. So in the first half of the cycle, your resting cortisol patterns are low, right? So that means you're, you're able to do lots of cardio and intense workouts, hit workouts, and you're not going to have like a stress response to that, right? And, and that coupled with the calorie restriction is going to create this beautiful scenario in which you're building lots of lean muscle, burning lots of fat as fuel and like really working efficiently. Like your system is going to be working the way that it should be. So go ahead in the follicular and the ovulatory phases, do your cardio classes, do your HIIT workouts till your heart is content. These two phases are going to feel the most familiar to you because they look a lot like things that we've done before, salads and smoothies and cardio and HIIT workouts. Easy. Okay. Then you got to take a leap of faith as you leap over into the luteal phase. Okay. But trust me, because I, because you know, you don't need me to tell you, you know, what you've been doing is not working this half of the cycle. So just stop doing it. Here's what you do instead. Eat more calories, eat more cooked, slow burning carbs and foods, and then do not do cardio or hit workouts. (gasps) Don't do it. I know. You're the first person to ever say that. Do not do it. The the research is conclusive. So like no jogging, no, no jogging, no, no elliptical. No. Okay. I know. And it's scary at first because you're thinking, I'm going to gain weight. What's going to happen to me? OMG. No. What's happening is when you do do the cardio into the second half of the cycle, into the luteal phase, guess what happens? You turn on fat storage. You turn on muscle wasting. How? So all this progress you made in the first half of the cycle, yeah. right, where you're building lean muscle and you're burning stored fat as fuel, if you keep restricting calories and doing those intense work, cardio intense workouts in the second half, you're going to undo all the progress or worse, gain a few pounds, which by the way, is how I started looking into this because I had women who were training for triathlons at the end of the process had gained 20 pounds because for three or four months they were running, biking and swimming every day, doing all this cardio and doing the right quote unquote diet. And it just doesn't work when you disrupt this infradian clock. Let me tell you. And this has to do with cortisol levels. This has to do with your infradian rhythm and how it's affecting your metabolism, your cortisol levels, everything. Your hormones. It's like every part of your body is being affected yes. by the system. And you have to change what you're doing. We have to throw out mm-hmm. this old idea that the thing that you should be striving for every day is sameness and consistency. That is not applicable if you have female hormones. If you have male hormones, yes, every day do the Tony Robbins thing. He's got that down. I love Tony. Do, do, do <laughs> Tony, what Tony yeah. says. Get up at 5 a.m. Do your, go for your power walk. Do your things, your affirmations. Do a big workout. Have morning sex. Whatever you need to do. Get yourself right and then get to work. And then around 3, 4 o'clock, start networking, socializing, et cetera. And then get in your man cave by like 9, 10 o'clock. Rinse, repeat every day. If you have that consistency with male hormones, you will perform 
best at work. You will have best sort of health performance. Your body and your mind will be performing optimally. Okay. Yes. If you have female hormones, please do not do anything that I just said about the male. Do not get up at 5 a.m. every day. Do not do the same calories every day. Do not do the same workouts every day. Do not have sex at the same time every day. Do not do the same types of work every day. Stop change. Yes. Okay. I love this. We need to, I know I want to make this an infographic. <laughs> yeah. Post it everywhere. Don't. And yes. oh, and this is the thing, like I want to give anybody who's in a relationship with a man permission when he's like, okay, honey, let's get up in the morning together and do a workout. I'd be like, I love you, but no, thank you. I'm going to take care of my infradian rhythm. (laughs) Like do a little like airplane thing. Just be like, here's my infradian rhythm and here's your circadian clock and never shall the twain meet, right? And you do Mm -hmm. you and I love you and I support you, but do not wake me up with your alarm clock at 5 a.m. For a workout. My face says no. My face says no. My infradian clock says no. Now, (laughs) so what workouts do you do in the second half of the cycle if you can't do cardio? right? You're going to like lift. (laughs) Like, what do I do? You're going (laughs) to lift heavy things. I want you to like strength train. Like you have never strength trained before. Really like go get some heavy weights, go to a gym where you can use all those fancy lifting machines, like, or just hold a plank till you pass out, squat up against the wall till your knees shake to smithereens. Like just heavy, but without any cardio, do a slow moving Pilates class or go take a reformer, you know, go to a Pilates place where you can use the the equipment. All of this muscle work is what you need. And you don't need to do a lot of it, 30 minutes, right? Because resting cortisol levels are higher. So you shouldn't be getting up in the morning super early this phase of the month. Everybody always asks me like, Alisa, what's your morning routine? I'm like, well, which phase of the cycle are we talking about? Because it really does depend on that. Like first half of the month, I'm up earlier. Second half of the month, I'm giving myself a little bit more time. I will work out earlier in the day, first half of the month and do my cardio when my energy's high. Second half of the month, you'll find me doing a mat class online afternoon early evening. Oh, that's good. Okay. So time of day. Time of day where your energy's good. Don't push yourself to do the same thing every day. Really start to listen to how your body is feeling. And at first you won't know how your body's feeling because you've been told to ignore what your body's cues are. So that's where the MyFlow app is so helpful. It's going to tell you, okay, hey, you're in this phase, do these workouts, do eat this kind of food, Mm -hmm. just practice it for like a cycle or two. And then all of a sudden you're going to be able to connect those dots and say, yes, I am hungrier. Yes, I do want to do my workout later in the day. Yes, I do. This is lining up for me, right? And so the app is giving you, it's educating you, telling, kind of helping you plan your day, but there's also the space to log how you're feeling, any symptoms you're having. Of course, because you need to be tracking your symptoms to know if you're getting it right. Your symptoms are going to be your cue. If If you're using the cycle syncing method and you're taking the supplements and you're doing all the things correctly, your symptom progression, your symptom severity is going to go way down. I mean, Here's what it yeah. should be. You should have no PMS. You should have no cramps. You should have a beautiful, healthy red flow without clots or bleeding through things every, you know, every too frequently. Uh-huh. Should be a nice, healthy amount of time, not too long, not too short. Um, you should start your period and be like, oh, hi, your period just started. I, I could, uh, other than seeing the blood, I wouldn't have known or knowing that it was going to come it on the camera, ca- right? Like, there should be no like, oh God, I got to lay down. You know, that, that should not be the case, right? 
Yeah, your life can just go on. You're just supposed to feel good every day. Normal. Right? Mm-hmm. Just feel Surprise, good. that's how nature designed you, right? So no, no fatigue. I'll sleep like 12 hours right before getting my period. Aww, it's crazy. Yeah, that, like it's not normal. I'm like, I don't normally sleep like no. my baby does. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, yeah, yeah, you need, you need, you're a little depleted and, and, you know, it's easy to fix, but it feels like a brand new information when you hear it for the first time, because you're, you've been told that all of these problems are normal. So you don't do anything about it. Yes. Right? Uh, but it's just, but it's just how but, it is. But it's not yeah. true at all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the MyFlow app too, because I'm sure, I'm sure everybody listening is taking a very vigilant notes because I for sure would be. I'm going to re-listen this back and take notes, but it's also really easy if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, like I missed that part. Like when am I going to eat? Where am I going to work out? Like, what did she say? All of this is really easy. Like I tell every friend I've ever had, please download the MyFlow app because every single day it's like, here's what you should be eating. I was just saying, Elena, this, here's what you should exercise. Like it's so helpful in every way. So um, if this is feeling a little overwhelming for anybody, the MyFlow app makes it as simple as possible. So I, I love that it's so helpful. Can you talk about work? Because this one is really like, I mean, everything is mind-blowing, but this was like, yeah, oh, super oh exciting, so right? talk about how it affects work. So in 1996, Dr. Catherine Woolley from Northwestern University discovered that the female brain changes, wait for it, up to 25% over the course of the month. Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot. What? So, a huge person. This is what, what I mean when you don't want to do the same routine every day because your brain is not the same every day. That's It's crazy making for you and will make you feel negatively about yourself if you try to force yourself to perform in the same way every day when your internal system is changing, right? You're going to start to say, like all that negative self-talk, like, Ugh, what's wrong with me? I can't get up every morning at the same time. Ugh, what's wrong with me? I don't have the same energy for my workout this week that I had last week. Ugh, what's wrong with me? Why can't I concentrate at work this week the way I did last week? Yeah. All that negative self-talk can just go away because it's not even really based on anything real, right? There's nothing wrong with the fact that you feel differently. The only thing that's wrong is that you're trying to use a system that was designed for male hormonal patterns. Can you expand on that? Mm. Yes. Tell us more. So every phase, how does the brain change? What should we be doing? If we do have the, I know a lot of people don't have the flexibility to choose, you know, I I want to do more during work this day, but just so we know how our brain's operating and what to prioritize each cycle. So I call these the power phases so that we can have like a little association. So the follicular phase is the phase where you're sort of preparing. This is when estrogen levels are rising, but they're relatively low. And so what you have is sort of this, um, lots of creative energy, lots of ideas, lots of you, like you want to plan everything out your period, your bleed just ended. And you're like, okay, this is what I want to do now. I want to do all these things this month. And you kind of want to sit down and make your to-do list and then start to categorize it with the the phases, the way that you're going to learn how to do. Then in the ovulatory phase, this is the O in the acronym power. This is the phase where you're opening up right? And this is because estrogen is surging, as we now know, and this hyperstimulates the verbal and social centers of your brain, right? So this means you have superpowers in communicating, networking, going on dates, asking for raises. I mean, like anything you can think of that you want to do with verbal and social skills, you should totally schedule them in at this time on purpose because you will be magnetic, irresistible, like just 
amplified in this way. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And then as long as you take care of your hormones, otherwise you can feel symptomatic, breast tenderness, acneic, like estrogen is a double-edged sword. So if it's working and balanced is why we take care of the diet and the exercise, Mm -hmm. then you get the gifts, right? The benefits, the brain benefits. Then in the luteal phase, which is the longest phase of the cycle, 10 to 14 days, my personal favorite phase, I know everyone is thinking, but that's my PMS phase. How can you love it so much? Because when it's in balance and you have enough progesterone to estrogen, progesterone enters the picture, enters your brain chemistry, has this powerful, calming, focusing effect. So when I want to carve out like, you know, my follicular phase, I'm like, oh my God, to do like so many projects that I want to start this and this and I like organize and I get real maybe the ovulatory phase I talk to somebody on my team about like okay I want to do xyz and then we get real about what we're going to do and then I carve out the time in my luteal phase to do all that deep work I don't do other things if I can help but now obviously other things come up I sometimes do media I sometimes do other things but because I'm cycle syncing my diet and my fitness and I'm taking my supplements and I'm doing the right things most of the time, I can absorb the stress of maybe doing something that's out of sync from a work point of view with my phases because you don't have to do it perfectly at all. Mm-hmm. Then, So that's the, that's the W from the power acronym. That's the work, right? Work, okay. just do your deep work in this phase. Then we have the R in the acronym, the for the power. And this is our bleeding week. This is for rest and evaluation, right? Resetting in a way. So what I mean by rest is like, not like you just sit there and don't work. What I mean is you want to like <laughs> reevaluate and look at how did this month go? How did this project go? How did this relationship situation go? How do I feel about the things that happened? Because what's happening in your brain is that the right and left hemispheres of your brain are communicating the most across this bundle of fiber called the the corpus callosum. And it allows you to synthesize facts and feelings the best. So this is not like a throwaway week where you're like, oh, I'm just menstrual and I shouldn't listen to anything that I'm thinking. No. In fact, this is the best time to do some journaling, to do some reflecting, to, to evaluate how are all the different areas of my life working? What do I want to keep? What do I want to change? Because then guess what? Follicular phase is around the corner where you can like start sprinkling all the popcorn of like your new plan, taking that information from your just recent lead evaluation phase and pushing that over into things. Now that's just sort of the high level of how I like to mm-hmm. project plan. But so chapter four has in, in the flow has the food chart. Chapter five has the workout chart. Chapter six has this power grid. But then in chapter seven and eight, and nine, there's an additional, like, what about if I'm working at a job? How do I use this? So there's a chart for like, if you're working at a job, there's a chart for biohacking and optimizing your orgasmic response throughout the cycle. Because, oh, by the way, you are not the same. We got to talk about that. Okay. We'll talk about that. And then of course there's a chap, a chart for the moms because I'm a mom. And let me tell you, cycle syncing my mom life is so clutch to get things done without feeling like a failure and not having mom guilt. I mean, it's impossible to get rid of all of mom guilt, but to like there, hold on, I'm ordering the book right now. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) And so, and it's just great because, you know, you don't have to think about it or get overwhelmed or whatever. You just need to follow the charts and to start experimenting with those things. So those are, those are the three pillars, food, fitness, and work. 
Fascinating. We have so many more questions about all of that and some questions from our followers and readers that we really want to get to. But can you quickly, for all the women listening out there, give us that brief summary of that? What was that chapter you mentioned? Oh, the sex stuff. <laughs> that, I mean, that honestly, we could do... Out. Tell us about sex We could do a whole, just a whole nother episode <laughs> on that. And, and we need it. We, I'm happy to do that. But the quick and dirty on it is that yeah. just like we've been damaged to in the belief that we should eat and work out the same way every day that has you know effects on how we feel about ourselves and of course has real health consequences we've also been damaged by the belief that we should feel the same way sexually every day right that we should be like interested in the same capacity lubricated in the same capacity and you know sort of achieving the the physical response in the same capacity any day every day. That is not biologically what is happening in your system, but it is what we see, let's say, portrayed in pornography. And so there's some of that like mess there that we have to kind of separate from. Because what's really happening is just like the infrating rhythm affects your metabolic response, it affects your sexual response, as I mentioned earlier. So it's not the same every day. It is different depending on the phase of your cycle. There are more testosterone-driven phases. There are more wet phases. There are dry phases. So you need to know which phase you're in. You also need to know how much foreplay and stimulation you're going to need based on which phase. All of this is laid out in the chart in chapter eight so that you can start to play with this uh, and figure out how to really achieve your full orgasmic potential. And you notice I'm using the word orgasm, not climax. Climax is the last step in the arousal process. It's great, but it's the not as valuable to your health and hormonal balance as the orgasmic plateau, which is the stage right before. Mm. And most of us bypass the orgasmic plateau because we're using vibrators that short circuit our 8,000 mm-hmm. clitoral nerve endings and we get right to climax. Why would you not want to sh- shortchange yourself? Because in the orgasmic plateau phase, you generate some powerful chemicals, nitric oxide specifically which was the 1992 molecule of the year. It's what Viagra is based on. It crosses the blood-brain barrier. It has potent effects on your biology. If you can expand your orgasmic plateau on a routine basis and not rush to climax, you can slow down biological aging. You can boost collagen production. You can boost your fertility, regulate ovulation, improve skin, improve uh, heart cardiovascular function, improve your immune response. When people ask me, Elisa, what is the thing? I look dumbfounded. I know. What is the thing you would take? That's why I keep just throwing things at you because it's so much fun to see your face. What are the thing? What is the thing you would take what to is- what your what is the thing you would take to a des- like a deserted island to t- keep yourself well? And I would just say, if they don't have aloe vera plants there, some lube, and that's it. Because if you if you use your clitoris the way nature designed you to use it. You can really keep your hormones healthy, your immune system, keep yourself healthy. It is the untalked about ultimate biohacking tool for women that men don't have. We do, they don't have it, and we're not using it the way that we should. That, like, that is a whole other conversation. It's like a mic drop moment. That is a mic Chap- drop moment right there. Chapter eight, everyone. Chapter, chapter eight. eight. <laughs> Go find chapter eight. I'm down. I'm always down to talk more about sex and relationships because it also affects like the way you really, and those of you who use the MyFlow app, you know, there's the partner sync feature. 
Can you imagine if your partner, whether they're male or female, knows which phase of the cycle you're in? Like, for example, game changer. Here's just like a perfect little taste and a teaser. Don't you hate it when your partner's like, oh my gosh, let's go out with these friends for dinner tonight. And you're in the phase of your cycle where all you want to do is stay home and like relax. And you hate that and you feel pressured and you feel guilty and then you go and then you're like, oh my God, I'm so miserable. And you eat the things you don't want to eat. And then the next day you're screwed up and you just feel terrible. And all, and then you, you get in a fight, and then you get in a fight, right? Yep. Unnecessary, unnecessary. If everybody is inclusive, is being inclusive of their biological rhythm awareness, which I, I teach at corporations, I, you know, wherever I can teach it, I, we all need to know like what works for each individual if your partner knows, okay, you're in your luteal phase, they're not even going to dream of suggesting that you go out with your friends. They're going to say, hey, do you want to cook dinner together? I'll roast some sweet potatoes. You pick the movie. You're going to be like, oh my God, I love you so much. You get me so well. <laughs> Our relationship is so good. And why is it so good? Because they understand and are being respectful and inclusive of your biological rhythm, your infradian rhythm, without including that into your relationship, you're going to have a lot of unnecessary friction. And believe me, I have talked to every gender audience and guys who are in relationship with women love hearing this formula because it's predictable, repeatable, and they can follow the steps and succeed in having a good relationship. They want to know. So don't be bashful about signing them up on the partner sync feature because they'll be like, thank you. You know, it's like a blueprint for a happy relationship and a great sex life. Like indeed your mother nature has put together in you a amazing, incredible system that if you understand it and support it gives you countless gifts, countless gifts and countless areas of your life. That's so amazing. We do need like an episode just on this because I have a thousand more questions about sex relationship to ask, but it really is so helpful. I know you have all the info in your books and on the MyFlow app. I have one last question, basically, that I, I, because I'm, I know that there are so many people probably listening to this and are feeling like, yes, yes, yes. Like I know that's the first time I listened to you on a podcast like years ago. I was like, I feel heard for the first time in my life. So what would you say to those, uh, those people out there that are like, yes, I've experienced all of this. It's going to change my life that are on birth control or an IUD can they sync their cycles too? Let's talk about that for a second. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I, know. I, I knew it was going to be a sign. I know, answer. like, no, right? Like, <laughs> no. So when you're on synthetic hormones of any delivery system, whether it's a pill or a device, those hormones shut off your normal hormonal production altogether. When you're taking these medications, you're putting yourself during your reproductive years in a pseudo-menopausal state. Not ideal. And there are a lot of side effects, gut disruption, mental health disruption. You know, we have studies that show women who take these hormones can really have higher rates of depression and anxiety. Even though they all say that it helps with that, often women who get on these medications then have to be put on SSRIs to deal with the depression. Then it's gut disruption, um, bloating and other health issues and IBS, micronutrient depletion, uh, can impact future fertility because of the micronutrient depletion. And then, of course, the effect on sex drive can be permanent. So it, it um, there's this substance in your body called sex hormone binding globulin. And the higher the concentration of that, the, more, the less uh, available your testosterone is, which is part of your sexual 
desire. And there's no way to undo that? Sometimes it can be a permanent elevation. And then, of course, they did this really famous study at Oxford, the sweaty t-shirt study. So you're not even attracted to the right person when you're on these medications that you should be attracted to, not because of pheromones, but because of... So when we partner up with somebody, we partner with them in these very, you know, like reptilian brain kind of ways where we can sort of, quote unquote, smell not exactly that, that they are the most genetically or immunologically diverse from us because the more diverse your immune systems are, the healthier your offspring will be. And when you are on synthetic birth control, you will pick a partner who is most immunologically similar to you, which is not good from a fertility point of view. So it's important for you to understand that not only can you not use the cycle thinking method because you wouldn't need to because you don't have a cycle, you don't have an anything. There's no ovulation, there's no bleeding. Even that breakthrough bleeding, it's not a period. It's it's just something that's sort of there but goes away. You have all these other health potential side effects to deal with, short-term and long-term. It affects potential relationship and future fertility. There's like a lot to really understand. And that's all the bad news. The good news is that's old technology. So two things, if you're on it because you're having a hormonal problem like PCOS, fibroids, endo, then come to flowliving.com because that's what we are here to help you with to navigate resolving those symptoms naturally. So you don't have to use medication if you choose not to. If you're using it to prevent pregnancy, that is super old technology. The old technology of shutting off all your hormones for the 48 hours that your egg is viable is cuckoo now, right? Because now we have biometric devices that wirelessly connect to your app and graph your ovulation and can tell you with precision when you are fertile. So all you need to do is be tracking, not guessing, but really tracking with a device. You'll know when your egg is viable. It's only viable for 48 hours. Sperm can only live in the body for five days. So then all you need is to cover a seven-day window of time maximum each month to prevent pregnancy. And you can do that with obviously barrier methods, but if you are in a long-term relationship and you would prefer not to use those, there's something new that you can get a prescription for at your gynecologist. I am not paid to, to talk about this. I wish I were because I talk about it all the time. <laughs> Please call me. The Fexy. You deserve I, to be. So the brand is called Fexy, P-H-E-X-X-I. It is, in my opinion, the most exciting advancement in birth control personal management that we've seen since the advent of the birth control pill. It's that important. And it's it's a lactic acid gel. Y'all have used lactic acid on your face. It's super safe. It's a milk protein. It is not going to hurt your vajayjay. And and there are no hormonal side effects. And you put it in, Mm -hmm. there's like an applicator, you put it in, it prevents the sperm from going anywhere near the cervix. And there's no putting, you know, you don't have to like pull something out afterwards. It's just, you put the gel in, you set it and forget it. And you can use that for seven days if you're going to be having sex during that ovulation window so that you don't have to worry about it. You could also use an extra barrier method just for good measure. You could use that and a condom. And again, it's FDA approved. You can get a prescription from your doctor and you don't have to worry about shutting off your hormones every day of the month when you can only really mm-hmm. get pregnant for seven out of the 28 days, right? you know, and not have, that is not have, so yeah. update your routine. If it's just for prevention of pregnancy, use the newer tech, get a device that tracks your ovulation, get the Fexi prescription, have some extra backup protection in terms of barrier methods, and you're good to go. You don't need the, you don't need the medication. You really don't. 
That's so great. That's so fascinating too. I was going to ask what your kind of preferred method of birth control is. So that's helpful to know that there's new things out there. I think that's what I'm hearing is that like more than what we learned when we were 12 years old in sex ed class, there's a lot more things that you can be doing that's better for your body. And it is kind of mind blowing to think about like the kind of go-to thing for everyone for birth control, which is the pill is shutting off our hormonal cycle throughout our entire life, like throughout everything else besides just when we need to prevent pregnancy. So that in itself is like a mind blowing concept, I think for so many people. Yeah. And if you want to dive a little bit more into like what it's costing you as a human to, to be shutting off these hormones, I would highly recommend that you pick up Dr. Sarah Hill's book, Your Brain on Birth Control, because yes. it turns out that you're not even you on this medication, right? Mm-hmm. Because we know how powerful the impact of these changing concentrations of hormones are on your brain, on your creativity, on your verbal, your social skills, on everything. You don't have access to that you're not you, right? So, yeah. I mean, I've worked with so many women over the years who've come off this medication who discover brand new careers, get out of bad relationships, get into the right. I mean, like start having the life that they have always wanted because they're themselves and they're harnessing their hormones. Yes. Like I said at the beginning, you have these hormones not to make you suffer, but when they're working for you, you get to show up in your life the way you've always dreamed of. They're there as your ally, but you have to understand them. You have to take care of them and you have to work with them. Mm. I feel like that's like, just to kind of summarize this all with a nice little bow, the really impactful um, lesson of all of this is really that your hormones and your cycle is not something that's like harming your body or stopping you from living your life. The purpose the opposite. of working with your hormones <laughs> is opposite. Yeah. It's to have the best life because our body, our hormones specifically and our cycle is intended to give us the best life. Like I know that's uh, something you say all the time is the purpose of this is not just to be healthy and just be symptomless. Like that in itself would be amazing, but that's not even the end goal. The end goal is so that we have the energy and the freedom and the clarity to live our best, most fulfilled life and be our true selves. And that in itself is like the most like powerful, powerful, powerful thing. So thank you so much for sharing all that. I have so many more questions. I'm sure Elena has. I've been dying laughing at Elena this whole time, like everything. I wish everyone from our audience can see every single thing. Elena's like mouth drop. My jaw just dropped. It's so great. So Elisa, you are just have so much knowledge to share um, and I could go on and on. I think we have some audience questions, if you don't mind, if we can just knock out a few of those. Um, Particularly something really interested I wanted to ask you about as well is how does intermittent fasting affect uh, women's hormones? Not well. Um, So so again, all the studies were done on men and postmenopausal women. So all those wonderful benefits of increased autophagy and optimal metabolic support brain health, et cetera, all those things work with intermittent fasting and and those results are real if you're a man or if you're postmenopausal. And when I am postmenopausal, I will be intermittent fasting up a storm. But while I'm still in my cyclical years, I am not doing it outside of the golden 12-hour daily fast from, let's say, dinner to breakfast. And in the first half of the cycle, I might extend that morning fast by an hour or two at most, but I don't go beyond that because the studies show that during your reproductive years, if you do intermittent fasting the way that it's described, um, it has the opposite effect. It can mess with your metabolism, your thyroid, it can shrink your ovaries, it can cause brain fog, weight gain, 
you don't want to do it. Now you may get this little like boost at the beginning because you're restricting calories and you may feel, and especially if you started at a certain time in your cycle, like the first half, you're gonna be like, wow, I really, this is working for me. And then you're going to cross over into the luteal phase and you're going to start to feel not good and you're not going to have those same results and you're going to think it's your fault, but it's not. It's just that you're not supposed to be doing it and has sort of a a negative impact on that second half of the cycle. Yeah. I, I've had so many people recommend it. Um, I cannot do it. I'm so sensitive to blood sugar. And if I don't eat every so often, like I will start getting a headache. I get very irritable. Um, but I know, I know I have friends who like have raved about it so that they feel better and everything. So I I just, I, if you're saying none of these studies are done on men, how is on that, women? How is that allowed? How is that allowed? Oh, sorry, that's what I meant. To yeah, say. great how question. <laughs> great question, Elena. How is that allowed? Well, it's allowed because of uh, institutionalized gender bias. That's why it's allowed. It's crazy. Yeah, that's so sad. Um, okay, another quick question. So, if you kind of, I know we're going to paint with a broad brush here, but top three things that cause hormonal imbalance and top three ways to maybe try and get them in balance? Well, I think we've kind of answered we've, that. L- yeah, I'm not going to re-answer that question, but I will say that the top three things would be, you know, mismanaging your blood sugar, right? So just, and it happens in so many ways. Like if you don't eat with the right interval, or if you start your day on an empty stomach with a cup of coffee, like don't do that optimized coffee thing. Um, if you drink too much alcohol, uh, anything that's disrupting your sugar, if you're restricting too many calories or food groups, the blood sugar is the first thing the endocrine system uh, needs in order to transport glucose to the brain, the heart, and the muscle tissue. So if you disrupt that, it's a big problem. Second thing are endocrine disruptive chemicals. So things in your beauty routine, dry cleaning chemicals, the the products you're cleaning your home with, these are super disruptive. They're xenoestrogenic. You definitely don't want to have your body dealing with all your own excess estrogen plus all this other chemical-based excess estrogen. And then the third thing I would say would just be sort of the, the degree to which you're disrupting your infradian rhythm, right? So if you're kind of like trying to do the same thing every day with calories or workouts. It's really going to just make everything feel not the way that it should. Yeah. And the way to dig out obviously is, you know, get your blood sugar stable, take the right supplements and cycle sync your food and your fitness. Watch the products you're using. Yeah. Yeah. Such good like starters too for, again, anyone who's like, oh my gosh, where do I even begin? First of all, download the MyFlow app. That's all you need to know. And then obviously read all of your amazing uh, books. I know visit your website. We're going to get to that later. Um, But if you are feeling like, where do I start? That's an amazing kind of first three things to look into and first three ways to start start getting some help and healing. So um, that's amazing. So first of all, I think that this is going to be a little different based on your your phase, obviously, as we talked about, but what's your go-to breakfast? Yeah. First half of the month, it's like smoothies. Second half of the month, it's like omelets. Amazing. Sweet potatoes, you know, food, like, yeah, soups. I love hearing that it changes. Totally changes. Yes. Yeah. I go in waves of like what I want at different, like, I, anyway, okay. I'm, it's just triggering so many thoughts for me. Okay. All time favorite movie and why? Oh, I think it's Moonstruck because I don't know why. I just, but like young Nicolas Cage is super one. cute. That whole like super dramatic relationship with Cher and the opera and Lincoln Center and like New York looks so cute at that time. And I don't know, just something about that movie. It's um, a, I love adorable. That. I never hear anyone Such talk about Moonstruck. 
<laughs> I know, which they should. Like Cher was at her Oh best. my gosh. Like, that was amazing. She's, she's an amazing, inspiring human being. I love it. I love it. All right, Elisa, and the last question, leave our audience with a tool, a resource, a book, obviously besides your own, which we will absolutely shout out, but anything that has changed your life or resonated with you. I love talking about Madeline Miller's Circe. I know everybody likes to talk about women who run with the wolves and you should totally read that too. But I had never read a hero's journey told through the female lens before. I'd never seen it done. No one's ever done it. She was the first person to do a a proper hero's Mm -hmm. journey story through the female experience. It is, and of course, it's not about slaying monsters and, and like retrieving lost artifacts. It's about her taking this inward journey and reclaiming her sovereignty. It's, I mean, the best, it's such a good book. I probably read it every year now, just once a year, because I like, I get so, I don't know, energized and emotional. And I mean, you have to read it, have to read it. Oh my gosh. All right. You've convinced me. I'm adding that to my Kindle next for sure. That sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much. I know we both could talk to you forever. We will have to do a lot more episodes. Happy to come back and chat some more. You guys are Um, a lot of fun. (laughs) So thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Um, Likewise. But feel free to shout out where can people connect with you? Where can people find you? All of the different things that you have going on because I know you have a lot to offer women. Well, you guys have so generously shared that all throughout. But yes, you can come to flowliving.com for any hormone problem that you're having, we're here to help you with our telehealth coaching, our supplements and our programs. You can download the MyFlow app. Make sure it has the circle icon and uh, that's at myflowtracker.com. You can find me on social at flowliving and at alisa.vidi. Uh, you can get Woman Code and In the Flow wherever books are sold, but you can also get some fun in Fradian Rhythm guides like you should be changing your skincare based on which phase of the cycle you're in. You can get that free guide. Oh, that's another podcast episode. Intheflowbook.com. Yes, my dear. Intheflowbook.com. <laughs> and uh, so that you can like get some fun things to get you started before your book arrives. And then if you're ready to like join the, the Cycle Syncing Nation, then you can come to CycleSyncingMembership.com to get all your grocery lists and your recipes and workout videos all tailored to where you are. Make it so easy. That's what I'm doing all day long. I'm like momming so hard and building all the tools (laughs) for you to like make it so easy, right? And then do get on our newsletter list because we have some incredible new products that I'm launching that are like still not yet out, but I, if you want to have the, be the first to know, you want to get on our list. So just drop in your email on our website and we'll make sure you get the, get the goods when they're ready. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to get syncing. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We, we so appreciate it and can't wait to share with our audience. Thank you ladies for having me. It's such a fun conversation. Wait, before you go, don't forget to leave a review and DM us a screenshot of your review on Instagram at the Every Girl Podcast. We'll be giving away $100 Amazon gift cards every week through the end of September. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 